This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati just talking about our social media app and what we like the best. We agree. It's TikTok. Uh, in limited doses. Limited doses. For my own health. But my favorite part is, and again, this is the Bengals podcast. We're going to get to your questions in just a moment. But my favorite part is how much you can just land on something so random. But TikTok said, you know what? That's what she would like. We're going to put this on her page right now. And it's stuff that you would like. It's definitely scary how good the algorithm that they have built is because there are, my TikTok is so specific to me at this point that I'm like, I can't, I don't know. I have some that I can send to some friends, some I can send to other friends, but it's not like they're like generally funny. It's more like, ah, I find that really funny for whatever reason. I don't know. It's just very specific for me. At one point it was all just basketball videos because I was yeah. getting into that. <laughs> it's like, but it's also think it's, good. It's one of those apps where, people do send them to a lot of people when they watch the videos, but I think by the time you send it to them, it's not as funny anymore. And maybe it's just funny for yourself to watch. Uh, Cause it's so annoying when you get a bunch of TikToks from people like, Hey, watch this video, watch this. I'm like, no, I'm over oh, it. My fiance actually uses TikTok more than an hour a week. So every time I open it, there's about 50 messages and I'm like, all right. <laughs> I'm, I'm, one of, I'm one of those people. You could send me a message. I'll read it, but I'll never reply to it. I have 800 unread text messages right now. And um, it's just who I am. And I'll admit it. Speaking of social media, we'll go to Twitter because you sent us questions, 30 of them, which is really good. You guys, uh, behind the scenes, we talk about it every week. I uh, message Mike on Twitter and I say, hey, can you put out that question for the tweets of the week? Because no one's going to answer me. So thank you. And maybe we should just ask about toaster strudels and pop tarts and people will just respond to us maybe we'll do that next time but uh thanks for sending in your questions we really appreciate it obviously just a couple hours before we recorded we'll start with kyle he says just to play devil's advocate burrow played almost purely from shotgun last week and he had his best game could failing to get him comfortable under center and the running back to the d play action hurt him in the long run or do you think the game has changed and it won't matter uh, I personally don't think it matters as long as he's able to, as long as his team's able to effectively run from the shotgun, which they have done. All their shotgun runs have been better than their play than their under center runs, even though in a vacuum, if, if we're on a chalkboard and theoretically all the angles and stuff match up so much better under center, they're just not a good under center team. So they abandon that. They do all the shotgun stuff. As long as they remain consistent with not giving away what they're going to do based off of the formation or anything like that, then I think the shotgun stuff is perfectly fine to run. I mean, what Peyton Manning was doing, like, oh, well, not late, late in his career because, you know, he, he had to do whatever they asked him when he was in 2015. But, like, prime Peyton Manning, whenever he got the ball, it felt like everything was shotgun. I guess once in a while he'd get under center. But really just when you have a really good quarterback, it doesn't matter that much. The under center stuff, I don't know. I think with Burrow, the shotgun stuff is fine. That's what LSU did. LSU was all shotgun. I say whatever ones, whatever makes the offense look like Joe Burrow again, vintage 2021, you do it and you never look back. Uh, Kevin Brown, I'm kind of just putting his question all in one because a lot of people wanted to talk about the run game. He says, you're in charge. How do you handle the Falcons run game without DJ Reader or Logan Wilson? Well, first the night before I'd pray, okay. but then uh, the, the second, um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's 
it's tough because there's only so much you could do before you start. If you sell out too much, then you are going to give them opportunities in the passing game. You can't just not completely respect an NFL passing game. So I wouldn't send like a zero blitz. Like they kind of didn't respect Taysom Hill and they kept sending the same pressure. But I don't think I'd do that to Mariota just because he is a real, more of a real quarterback. Um, I just think you line up, you try to get, I think I'd push them to be a little bit more aggressive. Normally they get to play very conservative and passive and let, you know, let their guys control the gaps and everything like that. I might try to push them to be a little bit more aggressive because if you can get a tackle for a loss, then you're probably going to kill that run game on that drive or at least in that series of downs. So if you could just get one TFL, then you're going to be able to, all right, now Marietta has to pass or the run game has to pick up, I don't know, 11, 12 yards in two plays, and that's not realistic. So I might try to get them to play a little bit more aggressive. But other than that, not a ton you can do that, like you just install it overnight or something like that. I think like in a in, – nah, I, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. But just I, I think you just kind of – I would maybe ask them – maybe have my guys be like, hey, if you want to go backdoor here, go backdoor. Like Sam Hubbard did that against the Saints and blew up a series of downs because of it. Yeah, for some reason, I feel like they're going to find a way to stop the run. Um, obviously, I know that they look different without DJ Reader. It would be really amazing if they were able to get him back next week. Uh, but I think I think they'll be okay, especially if they get out to a nice lead. Just some guy, 49, says, look, the trade deadline is coming up. What position would you offer the would offer the biggest bang for the Bengals' buck at the trade deadline? Oh, man. The first thought is defensive tackle because even when Reader comes back, it's not – it's not really a deep unit. That was kind of the issue. And then they got to So it's a little bit deeper, but I still don't think it's a deep unit. Um, so I think defensive tackle, I don't know if I'd try to focus on a guy that could be a pass rusher. I think I might focus almost the reader injury makes me go, huh, we could use a backup nose tackle, huh? Like a true 330 pound backup nose. So that probably wouldn't be expensive on the, the trade either. I also don't expect the Bengals to do anything on the trade deadline. I don't see there. There's something about them. Uh, I never count them out in this new era over the last couple of years because who would have thought the BJ Hill trade would be what it was? I mean, I know he's BJ Hill from last year, but I still love what they did and, and being able to extend him this year too. I'm never counting them out. So if something happens, maybe it's not a huge name, uh, but adding depth in a position could be something that I see them do over the next couple of weeks. I do want to say this. It is very annoying. I saw it on social media yesterday. The Packers fans, the bait, the Twitter oh bait. I fell right into it when one of them, I'm using a paraphrase here, uh, Bengals stink, what are you doing? Uh, you should give them a call, get T. Higgins. Look, you had your chance. You had your chance. Your organization failed. Yeah, and, even the I think the best part was somebody was saying like, uh, you know, I think yeah, you could do that. What send a day two pick, and I'm like a day two pick for T Higgins. Yeah, make that a first round pick and maybe a guy. So like, otherwise we're not talking. Yeah, and the thing is, there's two things about that right now. I'm not counting out that Cincinnati still pays T Higgins, and and yeah, maybe I'm oh, living yeah. in a whole other universe. No, I think it's fifty fifty to me. Yeah. But, I think if this guy, you know, he's shown he obviously we know he can be a number one too. And you have Jamar Chase, who I think stays with Joe Burrow on this squad. But they're not going to just be like, mm, you were so great. See you later. This team likes to pay the wide receiver. This team likes to pay the quarterback. I don't want to get in that argument right now, but this just kind of triggered me into the trade deadline. And I did buy into the bait. I 100% do. But if you're a Packers fan and you're saying that this team is, this organization is cheap, 
your best wide receiver doesn't play for you anymore because they don't want to play for your organization. And you failed at getting playmakers and wide receivers for Aaron Rodgers for a couple year now, years now. That is a fail in your organization. Leave this one alone. You have the same record as the Bengals. It's also kind of funny because the Packers organization has been cheaper than the Bengals the past couple of years. But we'll move yeah. on to the next we'll question. Move we'll move on to the next question. Sorry, I had to get that out. I was kind of feeling a certain way. Uh, no maniac. He actually brings up a great point. Last year, I felt like the Bengals were going to win every game, no matter what happened in the game or the deficit. Do you have that same feeling with this year's team? I'm not talking about potential. I'm talking about 100% doubt-free, can win every game, no matter what, and have the confidence. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I, I I think they could win any game. When they get down big or like they dig themselves giant holes, even then I'm still confident they win. It's not like they've ever been blown out. None of these games I felt like they couldn't win. I thought they deserved to lose the Saints game at one point, and that was the Trey Hendrickson pet roughing the passer. I was like, if you're just going to give up third and 25, you deserve to lose. They pulled out the win. So <laughs> I didn't say they will lose, just that they might have deserved it. But they didn't. The defense deserved to lose. Offense deserved to win because the offense was awesome. Anyway, that's all a long way for me to say – yeah, I think this team could win no matter what situation, anything that's happening, they could pull it out. I think if you were to look at all the games so far this season, I would say the Cowboys game was the one that I would be like, oh, you could take the L in that one. It's only because they got off to such a slow start and they really couldn't get anything going too much with that one. But still, almost won the game, still had a chance late in the game. Um, I think their biggest opponent is the their the Bengals, their own team, uh, when you look at any of the losses right there and all the mistakes they made in week one. I agree with that. And I think the biggest reason that I think they can be in every game, and honestly, Vegas feels like they can be in every game. They're, they're favored in all these games, and it's wild, and I don't mind it, is what they did last year. They have the talent. I would say they got even better. You look at the offensive line, you add to the tight end room. Defensively, you still have Lou. Yeah, you're battling some injuries. But I would 100% say I feel confident in this team on both sides of the ball and special teams where it feels like Evan McPherson. I mean, some people want to talk about some of the snaps. They look a little close and, and they're obviously not what they used to look like with Clark Harris. But at the same time, we don't even talk about him anymore because he's not getting a shot to hit the game winner. Could you imagine hit the game winner against the Steelers, hit the game winner versus the Cowboys, hit the game winner against the Ravens if he would have had those opportunities. We would be talking. This is just what the opportunity against the Steelers. I mean, I know, but let's like, <laughs> I mean, it would have worked if it would have worked. <laughs> we would be talking about like the same method. Yeah. And the thing is, he'll hit like a 50 yarder, 50 plus yarder. I'm like, okay, that was good. Golf clap. Great job. Like we should be like, yeah, he can hit a 50 yarder. Yeah, he can hit 50 plus. This guy is good. And, uh, you know, still they're all three phases. This team, besides um, punting has been kind of um, not, not awesome. Calm downhill. It's gone yeah. downhill. It yeah. was good week one. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I agree. I think this team, I 100% agree with that. I think they're in every game, and it's um, it's it's really fun to watch. Kyler Forness says, uh, would you run a 4.940? Oh, man. Uh, nobody can prove me wrong. Uh, <laughs> unless somebody wants to time me next time I'm in Cincinnati or something. I don't know. My goal to beat if I did run one will be five. Like, I think I want to get – Five or under, you know, like under five, like four, nine, nine, you know, that'd be my goal. I don't think I, I, deep down in my heart. I don't know if I can. I don't know. I, because I don't, I've never practiced a 40. I've never practiced running. I've practiced running. There's a whole different thing. It's a whole different thing. I saw there's a 20 minute YouTube video on how to prepare for it. I didn't watch it. <laughs> but if I was ever going to be timed or something, maybe I would, because there's a whole starting process. You can see like 
look at the difference in the combine when like some FCS offensive lineman is going to run the 40 compared to when like uh, the wide receivers, any wide receiver is going to run. You can see how they're like, they got their knuckles down. They're like slowly moving them back, all this other stuff. And the offensive line just kind of gets down. like, are we going to get this over with? <laughs> I mean, that's the most miserable experience if you're not somebody who wants to run a 40 in front of everyone, but you feel like you have to for your position group. Um, I want to go with Mark Young. He says who's going to – because I'm bouncing it off with that question in the 40. Who would win in a race, though, if you were going up against friends from the show, Jake Lisko and Joe Goodberry? Oh, me. All the way. I have no doubt. I watched Joe Goodberry try to run against Malik Wright and um, somebody else, and that little the, the little guy won. He beat Joe Goodberry in the race. Malik came in last. I definitely feel like I could beat Malik in a race. So, And Jake, I don't even think Jake wants to run. He's tall. They're both taller than me. They've, they've got the longer strides, but I think I could beat them in a race. I, I agree 100% with you right oh, now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to admit that I'm not a pokey Pokemon person. <laughs> um, so we're going to go to this Pokemon question. Trust me. <laughs> I, expert. I just don't know. The only Pokemon I know is the big yellow guy. I didn't know there was different people. Um, Julia. <laughs> the big yellow. <laughs> the big yellow guy. I don't even know his name. Is he the main Pokemon? Um, I, I, I would say so, yeah. All right, hopefully you're an expert because I'm asking you this question. Charles said, what Pokemon is Joe Burrow? Um, uh, let's say... Uh, Mew. Yeah, Mew. Not, not Mewtwo, Mew. Uh, uh, savior of the Bengals franchise from the first Pokemon movie. Um, who is that, Nick? Producer Nick has his say in uh... Squirtle Squad. No, Squirtle Squad's wide receivers. Yeah, all three of them, they feel like a Squirtle Squad with the sunglasses. <laughs> I I don't It's Mew, I... the three Squirtle wide receivers. Joe Mixon feels like a, a Machop. And uh... <laughs> I love these questions. Honestly, there were a lot. There was an in-between. There were some funny questions, which I really love, and they're funny and what I want to hear. And there was actually a couple more football questions. We don't normally do this, but because we loved what you sent over, we're going to do a couple questions and then we're going to do score predictions on what's going to happen Sunday at Paycor Stadium, Cincinnati versus Atlanta. Kickoff 1 p.m. next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.